Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose, and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
You're listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM, where you can find us five nights a week, Monday through Friday. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. If you'd like to contact me, if you'd like to contact the show, you can do that by emailing rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and find our website by visiting in the URL www.thesecretteachings.info where you'll find also the links to social media to make it easier, where you'll find all of our shows in the archive. You'll find all of the montages for the show and my digital books. You'll get access to all three of those archives when you subscribe to become a member. Again, it's www.thesecretteachings.info, www.thesecretteachings.info. So something I mentioned on Monday's show, and I didn't go into great detail about it, but it's really important. August 1st, about 11 days ago, August 1st is known as Luknasad on the Wheel of the Year, or what some call the Witch's Calendar, Luknasad, or Lamas, or August Eve. It's an obscure holiday where we get the word holiday from, is from the holy days from various parts of the world, like Irish and Scottish traditions, Gaelic Traditions. Luknasad, Lamas, August Eve is the midpoint between the summer solstice and the fall equinox. And usually, as the year proceeds, we do our typical winter solstice show, which is the Yule Holy Day. We usually do our Imbolc show, which is Kandalmas, otherwise known as Brigid. We do our, our uh, uh, Ostara show, which is an Easter show, our Beltane show, which is, which is usually a show about fire and sacrifice, and we, we normally don't do a, a show on the summer solstice or Luknasad or Maybon, but we, of course, do a uh, Samhain Halloween November Eve show. Now, those are six of the eight. There are two more, Luknasad and Maybon. Six of the eight major significant days on what some people call the witch's calendar, but others would refer to it as the wheel of the year. And it's from this wheel of the year and the natural procession of nature, the cycles of nature that we derive our modern holidays from. Again, we get that word holiday from holy day because these are holidays, they are holy days for which traditionally people have used things like fire, used things like wheat, baking bread, making wine, making certain symbols out of plants, like using the stalks of plants to make little crosses on Imbolc for the goddess Brigid, otherwise known as the Knot of Brigid, which we talked about in detail this year, going back to the Super Bowl. Remember the Super Bowl and the knot that Shakira tied in the magic circle? It was the knot of Brigid. 
And so these symbols, people might say they're satanic or they're evil or they're demonic or, you know, it's it's any number of words like witch or pentagram or any number of symbols. Like for some people, the cross is a scary symbol. For some people, the pentagram is a scary symbol. For other people, you know, the swastika is terrifying. For some people, it's, you know, ruins are terrifying because it's divination and God doesn't want us doing that. We're not supposed to know the future. Well, the whole idea behind the celebration of these holy days was to attempt to get in touch with nature. And it didn't really have to do with predicting the future in the way that you may think or someone you know may think about predicting the future. Now, there's no way to, to tell exactly you know, what, a, what an ancient culture believed. Even with written records, it's hard to tell. So I'm not suggesting that I know what ancient people were sitting around a bonfire talking about. But I imagine that they weren't around a bonfire trying to predict the future, trying to you know, predict, all right, now... Who am I going to who am I going to marry? Who am I going to go into business with? How much money am I going to make next year? You know, does does Cindy like me? It's not that kind of divination. It was divination that was something that we can't really fathom today because we don't have the same types of we don't have the same types of experiences and our and our lifestyles all around the world, even in impoverished countries, are far different than they were hundreds or thousands of years ago. So these traditions that we have remnants of today, which the, the word remnants is part of the definition of the word superstition. So superstitions are basically the remnants of the past. And so the remnants of what we have of the past show us what we would consider to be a superstitious people. But what were really intelligent, wise, and not all of them, of course, but where the customs and, and the ideas and the symbols come from, typically people that were wise or people that were at least attempting to find some kind of harmony or some kind of balance in nature, some, something along those lines. And the divination that they practiced was more like, are we going to have enough food? Let's perform a sacrifice. And a lot of the sacrifices were symbolic sacrifices. They were the sacrifices of food or of flowers, you know, you get this idea that sacrifice must mean they're sacrificing like a, a virgin maid on an altar, and they cut off her white robe, and then they stab her in the chest and rip her heart out and eat it, or slit her throat and drain the blood out and then take a bloodbath in it, okay? But it's, these, uh, I don't think these old rites were like a Lady Gaga video or something, or, or like American Horror Story. It was, it was a lot different than we think. That Did that happen? Sure, that's that's happened throughout history all over the world. What, what I'm trying to explain in uh, layman's details, layman's terms, I should basically reduce it to this. The remnants of past celebrations and traditions are maintained and protected today by our modern holidays, which are named after the ancient holy days. And the whole purpose of these celebrations was so that the individual and that the group, the collective, the society, the culture, they could get in touch with nature. 
and by getting in touch with nature, become closer with God or closer with the goddess or whatever. And, and, and to simply just dismiss it, especially for a Christian to just simply dismiss it because, oh, there's no God but the true God, and you're missing a lot of details here that if you were to examine them, you'd realize that what you think is pagan or what you think is evil or satanic is actually more Christian than you are. That's really the bottom line. Now, I'm not saying this as a matter of fact for all ancient civilizations, but where these basic holiday, holy days come from, it wasn't a satanic sacrifice. It was an attempt to understand and to become better acquainted with and to connect with the god or to connect with the goddess. And there were various gods and goddesses. There always have been. There are today. And, I mean, even monotheistic religion is really just a condensing of polytheistic religion. In fact, polytheistic religion is, in essence, monotheism in a more complex form. In other words, polytheism with many different gods and goddesses those gods and goddesses are really just the branches of a one godhead, of a single godhead. Not, not all polytheists believe that, but there is such a thing as complex monotheism, and that is what we call polytheism. Polytheism is not necessarily a negative thing if you believe in one god. It's kind of like polyamory. Some people... They can make polyamory work. For some people, they can't make monogamy work. And for some people that are polyamorous, I guarantee you there are some people that are polyamorous who treat their partners better than monogamous couples treat each other. Just like there are homosexual couple, couples that treat each other the same. But then there are also poly couples that treat each other worse. And there are also homosexual couples that treat each other worse. Like when you talk about Crime stats for, uh, you know, violence and physical abuse and sexual abuse, that includes uh, homosexuals, too. You know, they do the same things to each other. So whatever we do, whatever we believe, whatever we think today, it's clearly and obviously a byproduct, not as much as we think, but a byproduct of our current environment. But a large amount of it comes from older environments hundreds or thousands of years old, and we retain and we maintain and preserve those traditions, whether we, we like them or not, or we even recognize them or not. And so this is what I call, because this month is the month of Luknasad, it is Luknasad retrocausal or retrocausality, retrocausal, Luknasad retrocausal superstition. Because superstitions are those things that are left over from the past. And although the past influences the present, and we derive our understanding of the present from the past, and from our perceptions of the future, which are in the moment, the current moment, the now, much of what we interpret to be an understanding or belief of the ancient world is a result of our perception of the ancient world today. Thus, the future, from the standpoint of the old world, the past, is influencing the past because we derive our understanding of the past from our present perception of the past in the current moment. 
That's part of the timeline and the triune nature of time and perception, the past, present, and future. And again, so that's why I call this Luknasad, retro-casual or retro-causality, retro-casual superstition. Because a lot of the superstitions we have of the past are a result of our misunderstanding in the present, which then shapes the past and provides us with a less than accurate picture of the past where we think everybody sacrificed animals and didn't have a, an understanding of, uh, you know, of things that today we think we understand so well. Well, it turns out that if you study the occult and the esoteric and the secret teachings, previous cultures had a much higher understanding, not necessarily everybody, but had a much higher understanding of these things than we do today. I give you that that idea, that background, because we don't ever do a, a show on Luknasad or Maybon. But Luknasad is very similar to all the other holidays, and, and basically what Luknasad is is it's just a celebration of, of, of feasting and uh, you know a preservation of the light because it's the first holy day after Letha, which is the summer solstice, so the sun begins to die. So this is the point in which the red horse of the apocalypse begins to lose its strength and the black horse will take over during Maybon and Samhain, and then, of course, you have the pale horse in the winter, and then the white horse in Ostara. In essence, the cross of the will of the year, Yule and Letha and Mabon and Ostara, and maybe these names don't mean much to you, but you could just look up wheel of the year and you'll, you'll see all these names. There's eight, the eight-pointed star, the eight-spoked wheel. Four of them, uh, Yule, Winter Solstice, Summer solstice, Letha, Ostara, the spring equinox, and Maybon, the fall equinox. So basically, it's the solstices and equinoxes. It creates a cross for which the sun would move move through uh, this cycle, as it does every year. And this cross of these four holy days, these four holidays, these four holy days, are the four horses of the apocalypse. The winter solstice, Yule, is the pale horse. Ostara, the spring equinox, is the white horse. Letha, the summer solstice, is the red horse, and Maybon, the fall equinox, is the black horse. Now, that allows us to combine mythology, theology, various views and beliefs in numerous religions that also incorporate the four horses of the apocalypse as symbols into the end of the world. And it also, I believe, allows us to understand any current state of affairs because any current state of affairs, whether in the 21st, 20th, 19th, 18th, 17th, etc. century, any current state of affairs is always relatable to the natural environment for which those affairs are taking place. The reason I bring this up is because when you look at the way that certain stories unfold in the press— Call it fake news, call it whatever you want. There are some stories like the death of Jeffrey Epstein or the arrest of Ghislaine Maxwell or the death of George Floyd that have, and you don't have to apply it, it always seems when it's appropriate to fit right into place. That there's some underlying archetypical myth 
that is present within these major global stories and events. In the same way that wars are often begun, wars are initiated on holidays of various religions, a lot of wars that have been waged by the United States and invasions of countries have been launched on high Jewish holidays or high Jewish holy days. The, the equinoxes in particular and the solstices in particular, these are over a period of two or three days like a festival. Typically, Luknasad, Beltane, Imbolc, and Samhain, these are festivals that, that, that are solidified as a single date, but they take place over a span of, of a couple of days as well. So when you have Lugnasad, August 1st, think about everything we've heard in the last, if you've paid attention to everything in the last month, everything you've heard about, you know, your Ghislaine Maxwells and you've, you've heard about your sex cults and, and all this stuff. And if you think about the story of Jeffrey Epstein, as I've mentioned countless times on this show, and detailed how Jeffrey Epstein typified the Minotaur, the bull, in the maze, and there were, in the myth, young children fed to the monster, much like there were young children being fed to Jeffrey Epstein. And then after Jeffrey Epstein dies, after the Minotaur dies in the myth, one of the other characters named Ariadne, who was the partner of Theseus who slayed the Minotaur, when the bull dies, she becomes distraught, and she's kind of like a, a goddess of the maze in a sense, one of the heroes of the maze. When, when the bull dies, she kills herself. I'm not saying Ghislaine Maxwell is going to kill herself, but when you look at that connection in relationship to sacrifice, Luknasad celebrated with a sacrifice, a ritual sacrifice of a bull, and it hasn't always been practiced in that way, you start to see this, this relationship form where we look on ancient history as like these isolated events that occurred exactly as we read about them. But that's not how they occurred. And, and, and anything in modern time, we read about something from 10 years ago, uh, you could read about 9-11 or you could read about, uh, you could, hell, you could read about something like Watergate. You could read about anything, Vietnam, Korea, World War II, you could read about, you know, uh, uh, you could, hell, you could read about Pizzagate for all, for all uh, intents and purposes. And it would be, uh, you know, you're going to get the, the narrative of what has been produced, what was intended to be as information given to the public. And people are going to do their own research separate of that. And in 50 years, we'll have more access to more points of view and the origins of things than than we do, uh, you know, 50, 100, or 1,000 years separated from uh, a previous historical event that, that long predates our current or any recent generation. And then segments and fragments of that will be passed down to future generations, and the, the, the fragments, the, the superstitious components, will then become part of the story. And this is one of the beautiful things about myth is that although myth can change a little bit here or there and different cultures have different views and different, maybe different characters, but they all represent the same thing. Like the Japanese goddess of the sun 
plays the part of Jesus. She goes into the tomb for three days. She's resurrected, brings light back to the world. It's the whole story of Jesus being resurrected, the Savior of, of, of the world, and brings light and life to everybody, helps them to follow the path of the way. That's what Amaterasu does. So the beauty in this is I, I want to go back to a question that a listener asked on Saturday's show when I was on Into the Parabnormal with Jeremy Scott. And a listener just asked me, where do we find credible information? Where, where, where do we find you know information that's more true? Well, although I did a whole show last night called Truth is Stranger Than Fact, and it had a lot to do with science and dictums, authoritative dictums, and how that's killing real science, the answer to that question, I feel, and I'm asked that question all the time, the answer to that question, I feel, is returning to the natural world, returning to the natural environment. I don't mean not shaving and not bathing and getting patchouli oil and going out and living, you know, as a gypsy. I'm talking about trying to, in whatever way you're able to connect more with nature, you'll get more understanding and more information from nature than you will from this radio show. Because where I get all my information from, yeah, I read a lot and listen to a lot of radio, but ultimately where things come into focus for me are out in the natural environment. When I'm taking a walk or I'm sitting outside, you don't even have to meditate. Just being outside, being connected connected to, to the cycles, to the energy, feeling the wind blow, you can call it hippie, you can call it hipster, you can call it, you know, whatever you want to call it. But this is what allows, if we understand that connection, we can feel it. This is what allows myths and holidays and holy days to preserve these fundamental natural truths. And through thousands of years, they remained, even if they are changed, they remain accurate to the energy and to the principle of which they were founded. And that's really, really powerful and that's really incredible. And we're going to talk more about that tonight on the show. Luke Nassad, Lamas, August 1st, one of the eight holy days on the wheel of the year. We'll also have some listener emails when we come back from break and then we'll get into the main subject tonight. But we have to understand this first and then we can go further into exploring our subject tonight. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. There's more after this. Right here on The Fringe FM. rdgable at yahoo.com. Thesecretteachings.info. Stay with us. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. 
along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on Tee Public by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is David Icke from davidicke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. You can find us here five nights a week, Monday through Friday at the same time each night. An older episode will also air right after the show, and other episodes of The Secret Teachings will re-air, rebroadcast throughout the week on The Fringe FM. Check out the new website at thefringe.fm. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. I'd say one of the most common questions that I'm asked on this show and I've been asked in my personal life, and I, I think that probably the number one question I've been asked since I began radio at a very, very extremely, extremely, and at the time I didn't know or understand this, but an extreme, an extreme, an extreme, a very extremely political college called Rollins College. But then again, that's not fair, right, to say that it's an extremely political college. All colleges are are like that today. In fact, I was reading a story earlier. One college is telling their their students to wear a mask during sex because they they this is the wording they you you know you you have a lot of panting and a lot of breathing and you know a lot of things like this. So you you got to wear a mask during sex, says the University of Georgia. Wear a mask during sex and. It says consider wearing a mask during sex because heavy breathing and panting can further the spread of the virus and wearing a mask can reduce the risk. Also avoid kissing and be creative, it says, with sexual positions that reduce close face-to-face contact. These colleges are just a breeding ground for, for zombies, for psychos, for people that are totally disconnected from reality. So... I started out at college there, and I wasn't going to the college. I was volunteering on a radio show, 91.5 FM, WPRK. Actually, I can actually say the whole thing. I remember the whole thing. It was 91.5 FM, WPRK, the best in basement radio. I remember I go in there one time, and there was a show. It was an interesting show, actually. I I had one of the only talk shows there because I was grandfathered in, and there was a show that came on right after me, uh... I did the show on the weekends, but there was a show that came on after me when I, I do it. I did a lot of subbing for other shows. I'd go in and I, I do basically the secret teachings. And so there were some other shows that would come on. And this one show was like, our, our host isn't here. I don't know how to start the show. And I mean, I, I was only in radio for two years at that time. And so I was like, well, I'll start the show for you. I, I forget what it was. It was like Adventures in Myth or something. It was a cheesy, weird, liberal professor show, but... I remember sitting down and it's like, this is 91.5 FM WPRK, the best in basement radio, now airing Adventures in Mythology. And they were like, wow, dude, that was so professional. And I was like, wow, thank you. I, I, I guess just having passion for what you do is is uh, professional. I don't know. I had a good time there. But I would always be asked, callers would call in, people would ask me all the time, what do we do? What do we do? It could have been about anything. You talk about genetically modified foods. You talk about vaccines. You talk about censorship on college campuses. I experienced that quite a bit. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Well, I think what we do is we stop thinking within the current environment of polarizing perception. Maybe if I can be clearer with that, What we do is we disconnect from the artificial world and we reconnect 
with the natural world. Now, I understand that when some people hear that, and even myself, when I hear myself say that, when it goes through the mic, into the board, and into my recorder, and then I've got my headphones in the recorder, I hear that and I think, oh, hippie, patchouli oil, don't bathe, dreadlocks, you know, maybe even hipsters kind of, I don't know what hipsters are, but hipsters, hippies, you know, people that don't bathe, they don't shave, they live out in the woods and they they poop in, you know, holes in the ground or something, I I don't know, whatever hippies do. But (laughs) the funny thing is, I actually live more like a hippie than most hippies do. And that's kind of what, it's kind of like that with anybody who's like spiritual. Most people that are spiritual who don't rub it in your face live more like Christians than real Christians do. People that are balanced like in in a political way tend to be more responsible than the people that are very political. Because why? Well, people that are very political, they want others to take care of their problems for them. And people that are kind of moderate and kind of, you know, they're kind of reserved, they'll take care of themselves. That's always how it kind of works. So when I say disconnect from the artificial world and reconnect with the natural world, I don't mean go outside and literally hug a tree. I don't mean go outside and try to create some weird energetic connection with, with, with plants and trees and leaves because you have, you know, you're running around the woods naked or you, you have sex in the woods or something. I've heard all kinds of things that people, you know, connect with nature. And if that works for you, that's great. When I say connect with nature, I'm not talking about even going outside. All right, forget that. I'm talking about connecting with the natural world through our thinking. And you can start by thinking yes about politics, for one, where I'm listening to, uh, I was listening just for like five minutes. I was flipping through radio, and I just happened to hear the president being asked about that racist whose family owned slaves recently, who put a bunch of blacks in prison, who blew a mayor and then banged a mayor for her job start, Kamala Harris. They asked him about Kamala Harris, and he said something like, you know, because I think they asked him, you know, what what do you think about Kamala Harris and what she said about this? And and the president's like, well, I don't know. And he just says, she's my number one pick. And, you know, I, I was listening to that, and I was thinking, I understand that since the beginning of this country and in any country that's tried representative form of government, you always have smear campaigns and mudslinging and talking bad about the opponent ad hominems and things like this, but that, and it's not idealistic either. It's like, it's reality. We should be focused more on policies. We should be focused more on what the person is actually going to do and whether they have the power to do it, and whether or not within, uh, within any subject that is, that is breached, whether or not that person supports and defends the rights of all people and doesn't just pay lip service to it, because that's the job of the president as part of a three-part system of checks and balances, not to be a, a leader where we just forget there's a Congress and Senate and we forget there's a Supreme Court. Now, I say that as an American— and you might think that's you know a political comment, but no, it's not a political comment. It's actually a metaphysical and spiritual comment. Why it's a metaphysical and spiritual comment is because you think about that kind of a question. What do you think, Mr. President, about what Kamala Harris wore yesterday? What do you think about what she said last week? None of that is relevant. You know what I would say if I was president and somebody asked me that ridiculous question? Or, or even like, like nine out of ten ridiculous questions that, that any president ever 
or any politician is asked ridiculous questions, I would say that is irrelevant. My job as the president or my job as a representative is to, and not just pay lip service to it, my job is to defend the Constitution of the United States to preserve the Republican form of government and democratic process and to protect the rights of each and every individual of all mankind within the sphere of my influence. That's my job. If you have a question about that, I'll answer the question. I'm not going to answer the question about what I think about my opponent's lunch last night, okay, or what my, what my opponent you know, did on vacation. It's nonsense. So we need to change our thinking because we're asked and our culture demands that we see everything through like a loaded lens. A loaded lens, I, I, what I mean by that is the, the, the fallacy of the loaded question that just it, pre, it pre-assumes that there's a right way and a wrong way to answer a question. And by presenting the question in a certain way, you either agree with it or you disagree with it. It's the false dilemma. So the loaded question is basically you answer this question, however, or you don't answer it in the way that we want you to answer it, but you'll answer it in another way. And the other way that you answer it, it'll be wrong based on our perception. And you have to operate within that narrow perception of reality. I want to, I want to read you something. This is a very short paragraph from Dr. Ron Paul's book, Liberty Defined. And this kind of sums it up. And this is metaphysical and this is spiritual. And this is really important, I believe, in its relationship to Luke Nassad, one of the festivals on the Wheel of the Year that I explained in a little bit of detail in the first segment. Dr. Ron Paul writes this, of bipartisanship. People often say that what this country needs is for people in Washington to stop fighting and just get the job done. To achieve that, we need more bipartisanship. He says, I don't agree. If two parties with two sets of bad ideas cooperate, the result is not good policy, but policy that is extremely bad. What we really need are correct economic and political ideas, regardless of the party that pushes them. That could not be more accurate. It could not be any more accurately placed over the target or placed on the pulse of current political debate and social and cultural conditions. We don't need more bad ideas and cooperation with bad ideas. We need good policies. Now, he's talking about economics and social issues and things like that. In politics, sure, that's what's needed. Move away from this idea of party and bipartisanship and all that. And the same thing is true for every other aspect, every component of your life, everything that you do, everything that you think, you have to change the restrictions on what you think is acceptable within the, within the cultural and social guidelines. And, and I, I'm not talking about cursing or voicing an opinion that is kind of unpopular. I'm talking about changing your view. So rather than relying on the artificial construct, we rely on the natural world. That's why 
today we celebrate the superstitious remnants of ancient people who, when they had holiday, holy day celebrations like the winter solstice or the summer solstice or the spring equinox or the fall equinox, that's Yule, Letha, Osar, and Mabon, they attempted with the ritual and with the, whether it was dancing or feasting, to obtain some kind of connection with nature. You know, the dancing and the whirling, the whirling dervishes, as they're sometimes called, this was an attempt to mimic the rotation of the planets, to move yourself physically and spiritually, energetically into alignment with those spheres, with those intelligences, which have... And in, in magic, they have their own intelligence, they have their own signature, they have their own number, they have their own personality. They, they are gods. So you put yourself into a position and, and you do something that allows you to become one or to become a part of and, and to sync, to sync up with those natural energies. That's why dancing has always been a powerful medium to connect with nature. It's always been a powerful medium to connect with human beings, which are of nature. You go out dancing, you dance to yourself when you're home alone. I mean, it's it's the spirit moving through the physical body. So dancing or feasting, you feast on the harvest. I mean, these are all your standard things. You're dancing, you're feasting, you're gift-giving, your candles, your bonfires, your Christmas lights, as we call them, your Yule logs, your jack-o'-lanterns, all things that ward off evil, i.e. they ward off darkness and they ward off the cold. And so you get the opposite. You get light and you get warmth, which is heaven. And then the opposite, of course, is back to cold and dark and hell is really already frozen over. It's also uh, the way in which Dante depicted hell frozen over with the devil basically encased in ice. So you have, when I say natural world, you have a societal perception of that, which is often mocked and made fun of. And then you have bias perceptions of that, where people think the natural world connecting with it means I buy green products and I drive a Prius and I wear really tight jeans and I go out and I protest against pollution on the weekends or, you know. Now, now, now clearly, you know, I'm a, a majority of us. A majority of us, we go camping, we go out in nature, we take a walk. I mean, it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. It doesn't matter what your views are in the world. The average person spends time in nature and enjoys it. But I, again, I don't think that you have to go out in nature to connect with nature. What I'm talking about when I say connect with nature is connect with the energy of nature, which really is just common sense and applying the faculty of critical thinking. So it's like Dr. Ron Paul said about bipartisanship and and politics. We don't need agreements and compromises between two parties that have bad ideas. That just gets us really bad ideas. We need to rethink and reorganize the thinking process for social and economic and political issues. 
meaning in the most simple terms, in layman's terms, thinking outside of the box. That's what we need to do. Think outside of the box. Be creative. Again, being creative doesn't mean like you have to go paint something or you have to go draw something. Be creative in your thinking. Being creative in your thinking, creativity is a feminine energy. It's an energy that is rightfully derived from the natural world and therefore by connecting with that creativity. And yeah, it can be drawing and painting and making music and stuff like that. Connecting with that creativity is the way that you connect with nature. Because you're not really connecting with, you know, trees or birds. You're connecting with the natural energy, the 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 little voice in your head. You're connecting with the things that are that are not artificial. And when you're able to do that, in my view, this really opens up consciousness and it allows you to see depending on what you may be involved in in, in in your life with jobs or whatever, it allows you to see the the error of what you could call material ways or the error of false identity and false belief. And it allows you in my view, it allows you to really, truly understand what the word faith is. Because when people say have faith in God, it just seems like a cop-out, and it is for a lot of people. But real faith is a faith I feel more well-described. It's a faith in spirit. It's a faith in existence. It's a faith in consciousness. It's a faith in being comfortable with things like death. And that was really the foundation of the ancient mysteries where you move through a series of obstacles in a physical world that represent the obstacles of life. And then you are reborn, like a reborn Christian, a born-again Christian. You're reborn a son of God, a daughter of God. And when you're reborn, you've overcome the fear of death. And it's freeing. So connecting with nature is essentially freeing oneself from the material world, from the temporal, from the physical existence. It is freeing oneself from the restraints on thought and connecting with what a lot of people would just, I think, probably call God, right? That's probably what a lot of us would just refer to it as connecting with God. So when you think about the celebration of holidays or holy days and you look at the will of the year from the winter solstice to the summer solstice, from the spring equinox to the fall equinox, and the four holy days in between, Samhain, Imbolc, Beltane, and the midpoint between the summer solstice and the fall equinox, Luknasad, and the same kinds of traditions and the same kinds of ideas about Luknasad were held for the other seven major and minor holy or holy days on the wheel of the year from which we derive a lot of our current and modern 
holidays. And even if you look at other countries, like, I mean, there, there are traditions in Iran, traditions in Malaysia, there's traditions all over the world that, although they might not be derived from the same origins uh, in parts of Europe, they have the same kinds of traditions and, and beliefs there. Like, for example, Halloween is not an Asian festival, but the, 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 the Asian cultures typically celebrate a, a version of Halloween. Um, I mean, today, a lot, they might celebrate a different kind of Halloween, you know, than, than, uh, than this, but uh, typically, uh, a lot of Asian cultures celebrate the Hungry Ghost Festival. The Hungry Ghost Festival is very, very similar. In fact, it actually sounds more Halloween. It's a, it's a, a Buddhist tradition and a Chinese traditional, relig- uh, Chinese traditional religious tradition where you have, uh, you have to feed the ghost. And the feeding of the ghost is what Halloween is. You feed the relatives. It's trick or treat, right? So you find this all over the world, the point is. And when you look at something like Luke Nassad, we just passed Luke Nassad on the on the wheel of the year. Luke Nassad, the midpoint between the summer solstice and the fall equinox, it is the turning of the red horse into the black horse, and it signifies a fall. It signifies decay. It signifies destruction. So in order to celebrate life, Luke Nassad was held at this midpoint. As the holiday itself, the name Luke Nassad refers to the Gaelic Lug and Nassad. Lug is the Celtic god of light, the master of all arts, and who is also a cunning trickster. So you see the dual nature of the sun god, or the god of light. And in essence, Lug is Lucifer. Lug, as the Celtic god of light, the master of arts, and a cunning trickster, is Lucifer, the deceiver. Lug is also the wielder of Asal, the lightning spear, kind of like the lightning bolt of Zeus. And the tradition of Lug, the Celtic god of light, is that Lugnasad was a celebration, a holy day, celebrating his wedding feast. Other legends attribute the origins of Lugnasad to a mythical funeral rite. And therefore you see the other manner in which the celebration was held. One as a wedding, as a birth, as a unification, and another one as a death. Because it is a birth, but it's also a death. It's the death of the sun, but it's also a wedding of the solstice and the equinoxes. It's a wedding on the ring of the year that goes round and round and represents eternity and cycles. And so you'd have Lug, and then you have Nasad, which is the assembly. That's what the word means. So you have Lug, Nasad, you have the God of Light assembly. That's what it means, the God of Light assembly. The alternative name for it is Lamas, which is from Old English. It means loaf mass. Lamas originated from the early English celebrations of harvest time where loaves of bread were consecrated. And this is pretty common through all the different holiday or holy days. We still say break bread today. That's one of the ways that you can, you can really connect with somebody sitting down, breaking bread with them, having food with them, 
you know, people have business meetings over food. It's it's an integral part of our everyday life, and it always has been breaking bread together. Bread has always been very important. Bread has, uh, although it's kind of a slave food, but bread is bread is a, a form of life, and it's very very cheap and easy to make. So bread was important, but bread was also made out of the wheat, out of, out of the harvest, or various other forms of of grain made out of wheat. And so when you consume the bread, you consume the body of Christ, right? That's where the idea comes from. Uh, In Egypt, the myth of Osiris, the black god, put into the gold coffin. In that story, it explains the killing of the king and the consuming of the body in the last supper in Egypt with the bread and the wine, the blood of Osiris and the bread of or body of Osiris. So Luke Nassad as a holy day celebrates not just the father, the God of light, and not just his marriage and the funeral rite, but it also celebrates the mother Tel Tiu, who's said to have cleared the lands of Ireland to make way for the planting of crops, kind of like St. Patrick got rid of all the snakes. Tel Tiu is the Celtic earth goddess, one of as the goddess is described, one of the goddesses of vigor and strength and endurance and sovereignty. Her name means great one of earth. So again, whether it's in Greek myth, Roman myth, Egyptian myth, Celtic myth, it doesn't really matter. You have the same gods and goddesses. So you have the Celtic earth goddess, Teltayu, and then you have, as her counterpart, the Celtic god of light, Lug. And when you combine Lug with the assembly, you have Lug Nasad, a celebration of the god of the sky and the goddess of the earth. In Egypt, you had Nut, goddess of the sky, and Geb, God of the earth, God of the ground, and they were brother and sister, husband and wife. Uh, The story kind of varies because the myth is all over the place, but it's the same concept. Geb and Nut, or Net and Geb, Lug and Taltayu in the Celtic myth. And this festival was held by the feasting of foods, certain kinds of foods, and the eating of bread, singing songs, playing games, dancing, baking breads, baking cakes, and things like this, goodies. And the religious rites included an offering of the first fruits, specifically the consumption of new foods and of bilberries, a ritual dance play in which Lug seizes the harvest for mankind and defeats the powers of blight, and the sacrifice of a bull. So everything I've explained to you in the first segment, it may seem out of context or it might seem unrelated. I think most of you kind of understand that this show is a two-hour presentation and I don't talk in sound bites. When you combine these elements and this particular festival, because this is the one in which we're in the midst of right now, Luknasat, which has a certain energy. And this festival 
has traditionally been held with the sacrifice of a bull and a ritual dance. Now, if you consider who is the author of sacred dances, the author of sacred dances is, some of you might know this, is Pan, the goat god. Pan, the goat god, is also the origin of the word panic and the origin of the word pandemic. Now, when I say that, I'm not implying that there's some relationship between an occult holiday and the pandemic. What I'm saying is, whether it's one holiday or another holiday, it's a major world event, you can always tie things together and make them look like there's some underlying supernatural occurrence. My intention is not to dismiss that underlying supernatural occurrence, nor is it to prove it. It is to both prove and disprove, and it's not to it's to not prove and not disprove. I don't want to do anything to confirm a bias or anything to to confirm uh, you know the opposite of a bias, which I guess would just be the uh, adversarial bias. My intention in explaining this is to express that in connecting with what we call nature, we're able to see the patterns, we're able to see the the, the restrictions of nature and, and the guidelines, and it allows us, in my experience, I feel this way, to have a better personal understanding of, of, of being on what some people call the right path. And it eliminates the need to rely on other people it eliminates the need to rely on a on a on a god but see then again the whole purpose of having religious as we call them symbols and icons and painting it's all about the perception that we have and the direction of that perception that we place towards a certain object or a certain idea in other words it helps us to balance and it helps us to directionalize our energy because that's what it's all really about. It's energy. Luknasad is a holy day, and it is celebrated with ceremony and ritual that relate to the natural order and the natural cycle. And sometimes there are people that celebrate within that natural cycle as a positive and uplifting celebration. And there are others that take advantage of these days and they directionalize their attention at the negative. And when that is done, it has the equally opposite effect of a positive intention on a certain day of the year, which is why when we talked on Monday about Mariah Carey's sister and the claims she's made against their mother, she says that they were taken she was taken, she was raped and sexually abused and made to watch other people be abused and have sex when she was a kid. And that they held these rituals at 3 a.m. between 2 and 4 a.m. That's the witching hour. And that everybody wore these robes with black hoods and that they occurred kind of rarely during certain times of the year. 
Luke Nassad, Samhain, Imbolc, Beltane, these are certain times of the year. And if you understand the natural cycle and the natural order, it allows you to process and to better understand the current events of this or any other time in relationship with the seemingly unseen and untouchable spiritual world. It allows you to come into contact with that, and it allows you to connect with what some people call God. This understanding can propel us forward into the next hour into some other similar but different issues that we're going to discuss here on The Secret Teachings and get into some listener emails. I'm Ryan Gable. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Secret Teachings. We'll be back. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. Call the station at 501-777-5631. Or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. You tune into this show at your own risk because it leads to a state of mind, not a perception that will be, but one that is. I'm Ryan Gable, and this 
is The Secret Teachings. The analysis offered on this show is objective, removed from the emotional hysteria of the hive mind collective mob of coercive persuasion, the polar divisions in politics and religion, and those that exist in the paranormal, occult, and even in health. By simple observation and common sense, one may decipher the news speak, doublespeak, and propaganda of ideological collectives intent on persuading the individual to abandon liberty through coercion and fear. On this show, we will speak to your heart and soul, opening a channel to spirit. And when you tune into this frequency, you are hearing The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, with a full archive at thesecretteachings.info. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions. And uh, I'd be willing to come back at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion. So thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from whatonearthishappening.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. You can find us here on The Fringe five nights a week, Monday through Friday. You can subscribe to our archive to get access to every show, especially it's very useful if you can't listen every night or if you only hear part of the show and you can't find the occasional replays on the network. We're trying to make it fair to every show so you don't hear the secret teachings 24 hours a day. But you will hear some of the repeats, and if you're unable to uh, tune in, we have the archive subscription that gives you access to all the shows. You can access the montages as well. They're all there on the website. And you get access to my digital books. But if you want the physical books, you can grab a copy of those on the website too. I have them here in studio. I'm about to order some more copies because they're selling out. So get your copy of Food Philosophy, get your copy of Occult Arcana, get your copy of the Technological Elixir right now at www.thesecretteachings.info. www.thesecretteachings.info. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. rdgable at yahoo.com. I have a few listener emails I wanted to read to you quickly here on the show and then I want to take you from those listener emails and a few listener comments into the main topic tonight back into the main topic tonight which relates to both holy days and holidays and current events and everything in between the ancient and the modern world the Day on the Wheel of the Year that we just passed is Luknasad, one of the occult holidays, which simply means hidden holidays. And contrary to what you may initially think, Luknasad was a festival of light, a festival of wedding, 
a festival of mourning also because the sun begins to die, and a festival of the coming together of the, of the, uh, of the dual god and goddesses, or god and goddess, Lug, the Celtic god of light, and Teltayu, the Celtic earth goddess, goddess also of strength and sovereignty, and these two gods, goddesses, are the Celtic components, the Celtic brother and sister of Geb and Nut in Egypt, one of which held up the sky and the other held up the earth. They are the structure of the heavens and the structure of the earth. And when you have a look at mythology and you have a look at these these things that we call a cult, what they are are I call them, they're basically scarecrows is what they are, but they don't scare crows. They're scare vulgars or scare profanes. What that means is the vulgar, the profane that are are made uh, anxious and, and fearful by things they don't understand. Certain symbols like pentagrams scare them away so that they don't obtain information that will be used and abused in a negative fashion to hurt themselves and to hurt others. And the reason that is, is because if you go to any metaphysical or magical shop, you're going to find some probably some really good books in there. But you're also going to find uh, written today, as you'd find written at any point in history, books that are profane and vulgar in the sense that they teach you that all you have to do to make money or all you have to do to obtain this or that is light a candle and you know say some incantations and light some some incense, and then it's all yours. And, you know, it's like a vision board or something like that. You're you're playing and meddling with forces that you probably shouldn't be playing and meddling with. And it doesn't have to be a negative thing. You don't have to be a Satanist or something like that. I submit that Christians meddle and play with the same kinds of forces. And although they may have pure intentions, often the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So when a lot of Christians just feel like, oh, God spoke to me. You know, I I don't know you personally, perhaps, but did God actually speak to you? I'd be careful how much attention we put into those things. But likewise and contrary, I'd be aware of the things that we feel like are evil or demonic. You know, something moves in our house and we or something falls off the wall, we think it's evil. Maybe it's not evil. Maybe it's something good trying to get your attention. Maybe it's just a coincidence. See, I'm not trying to prove something or I'm not trying to to convince you of an ideology or belief. I don't really have one, but I also have all of them. I'm just looking at things and I'm trying to express an objective point of view on the world and an objective point of view on subjects that span a spectrum of everything that we consider occult and hidden to things that are overt and completely out in the open. And I, I want to make that very clear because this is the way I feel that we're able to connect with nature by not necessarily going outside and dancing around naked with some patchouli oil or, you know, hugging a tree or something like that, right? What it actually is is an ability to reconnect with the brain, reconnecting in the brain. Reconnecting something that allows us to to uh, access what some would refer to as the 
the spirit world or or the, the the spiritual world, something to that effect. So when you have a, you have an understanding of that, it really opens up your perception of the world in a way where it's like, wow, I uh, I, I I get it now. You know, it, it's not it, it's not really as as uh, as difficult to understand that the basic concept of of uh, of everything is really uh, a battle between what we call good and what we call evil uh, and sometimes we call evil good and sometimes we call good evil but ultimately we know what is right and what is wrong within some form of moral guideline and that helps us to navigate through the world in a way that is much more unbiased and much more uh, helpful and beneficial to all those uh, around us, those we interact with. So I have an email here from Eric Comstock saying, Hey, Ryan, I'm a listener from Michigan. I love the show and appreciate what you do. He asked me to send him that mask information uh, in regards to the episode to mask or not to mask. He says, I've shared that episode of yours to many colleagues and hear them laughing a few minutes later. You brought the research to light with humor and passion. We appreciate you. Thank you very much, Eric Comstock. I appreciate you as well. Uh, Eric also sent us another message. He said, I will use the information for the oxygen levels we were created to breathe. <laughs> to breathe. Uh, I regret to inform you. Uh, he tells me some personal stuff there. Oh, that's right. Eric builds robots. Builds robots. I wouldn't be too upset about building robots, you know. But I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, keep up the good work, shedding light on all the lies. You know, all lies matter. If you didn't uh, know that, all lies matter. Drew Santilli. Drew Santilli sent me an email. This is so funny. Drew Santilli sent me an email and said, uh, Quick question. What is the context for the blue rooster chicken thing? I've researched the web or searched the web and can't find any info on it. I love your It's Moth Mam logo. I'm buying a hoodie to wear, especially for fall. Thank you. And I know that Drew actually went and bought a uh, Moth Mam hoodie. And I think he bought a sticker too. But you can find those uh, hoodies and those t-shirts on TeePublic. We only get a couple. I think we get eight bucks from the hoodies, and we get like two bucks from the t-shirts and like 50 cents from the sticker. So we don't really make any money off that. We make our money from subscriptions and book sales. But I really appreciate Drew reaching out to me and uh, also buying one of those Moth Mam. Moth Mam. It's Moth Mam. One of those Moth Mam sweaters that you can find on the website at thesecretteachings.info. Drew also said, first heard of your show through the Paranormal Talk radio app. Through the Fringe FM, thank you. I have occult arcana and food philosophy. Your books are amazing. Top quality books, even better than I could have hoped for. Occult arcana is like an encyclopedia. I can't imagine how much time and energy you put into it. You have the best show on radio. Well, thank you very much, Drew Santilli, for emailing us and letting us know what you think. And thank you, Eric Comstock, for, any, uh, for emailing us and letting us know what you think. A bunch of other people that have emailed us this week. Uh, I mentioned them on last night's show as well. Uh, if I didn't mention you and you emailed us, I'm, I'm just overlooking it. I'm just grabbing a few emails, you know, here, there, just to make some comments. Uh, haven't given a shout out to Mick Schwartz for a while. I know Mick Schwartz has been a long time listener of the secret teachings, long, long time listener of the show. So 
We love you, McSchwartz. We love all of our listeners, even the listeners, and there are a lot of them, you might be surprised, who pay and who tune in every night, who pay for a subscription, even though they hate me, even though they hate this show. That is what it's all about. And uh, to me, it's not about, you know, if it was fair as a joke, I would say as a joke, I'd say if you hate this show and you hate me, you want to listen just because you want to hate on me, it's 25% off your subscription. But that wouldn't be fair to the people that enjoy this show, right? But anyway, we have a lot of those people that listen to this show. So hello, we we are aware that you are listening and we know that you don't like us, but that's okay. I think somewhere deep down you do like us. Uh, Here's another comment, and this is a very important comment. I like to link everything together. I like to segue everything really nice, and sometimes I like to point out the segue. And this is a really good segue into the main subject tonight to also uh, bring in the first two segments with this third segment. And that is a comment made by Bradley Roberts. Bradley Roberts said, Did you know actress Brittany Murphy died during the winter solstice on December 20th, 2009, which I've seen people do videos on in the past? That should maybe be looked into. If that's significant, I don't know, but that's what I've found. I wanted to address Bradley Roberts' comments. Bradley, thank you. Bradley's all over our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, and my personal page, Ryan Gable. Always making comments, always sharing videos. Uh, I love Bradley. Bradley's a good guy. Also, uh, Teresa Skipper-Jordan. We love Teresa. She's a really great lady. I met her out there in uh, Oregon during the Fringe FM Battle Royale, which I think that's still um, that's still for free in our archive on the website, the one with Clyde Lewis, Joe Roop, Jeremy Scott, uh, Janine Lewis, Clyde's wife, and myself there, that big panel we did. We met Teresa and some other listeners out there. That was fun. So Bradley Roberts is, is asking about actress Brittany Murphy and dying on December 20th. So this is really interesting because you say December 20th. December 20th technically is the winter solstice, Bradley, and everybody knows that. But also, as I mentioned earlier, the winter solstice is a three-day festival, so technically it's the 20th through the 23rd. So the reason I say that is because if someone died on the 22nd, it would still be the winter solstice, right? And I think, unfortunately... What happens, and this is a result of not connecting with with nature, uh, as I've expressed it, I don't mean hugging a tree, but connecting with nature in terms of changing our perception and, and, and becoming more in tune with the energy around us. What it does is anytime something happens that is associated or linked with what we might refer to as the occult, like, for example, Yule, the winter solstice, this is an occult Holy Day. It is a very sacred holy day. It is the riding of the pale horse by death that ushers in the cold darkness of winter, otherwise known as hell, before we are saved by the sun, which rises again, and the white horse of the springtime, Ostara. That's why Jesus uh, um, Jesus and the white horse of the Bible, Jesus is all in all, he's in white. Uh, Muhammad and Buddha both rode a white horse. Uh, Muhammad up to heaven. I'm not sure. I can't remember if Buddha rode it somewhere or just Buddha was depicted on a white horse. Uh, even the Knights Templar, who unified male and female and who believed in the equality of the sexes thousands of years ago, uh, they get a bad rep today for a lot of reasons. Uh, there are different segments of the Templars, uh, but they also rode a white horse and they had a white and black dualistic flag with a red cross, the cross, the blood cross, and they, they venerated the mother, the goddess above all. 
as the mother, as the guardian of the Savior. So there is a dualistic connection there, just like the festival of Luknasad, which is a mixture of, of the Celtic god of light, Lug, and Teltayu, the Celtic earth goddess, kind of like Geb and Nut in Egypt that bring together the sky and, and the ground. So Bradley Roberts mentions the death of Brittany Murphy, December 20th, 2009. So you could say that you know anybody who dies on any day, it's some kind of suspicious event. And uh, Bradley says maybe that should be looked into. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about Brittany Murphy, but what I can tell you is if Brittany Murphy was involved in some dark stuff, maybe she was murdered on that day and it was a sacrifice. But there are thousands of people that die on January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd, December 20th, December 21st, December 23rd, December 24th, December 25th, and so on and so forth. So if we don't connect with nature, then we just kind of see things as connected when they're not and then disconnected when when they are connected. Uh, One great example of this is Acharya S., otherwise known as D.M. Murdoch. Her first name was Dorothy. And she was a really brilliant author. Really brilliant author. She wrote a book called Did Moses Exist? And she wrote another book called The Christ Conspiracy. And uh, she was one of the most outspoken scholars about the uh, biblical story. Uh, I, was, I always kind of called her the female Jordan Maxwell, or Jordan Maxwell's the, uh, the male Acharya S, because she wrote a lot about what Jordan Maxwell talks about. And I got to interview her one time before she passed away. She died of cancer. And she died, ironically enough, she died on December 25th, December 25th, Christmas of 2015, December 25th. So the woman who wrote so much about the stories in the Bible and the birth and all this of Jesus Christ, she dies on the birthday, as we we call it, the birthday of Christ. Maybe that was some cosmic irony, some cosmic joke that God played. I don't know. But I want to go into more of this when we come back from break because there are some things like that that are perhaps coincidental. Bradley Roberts brings up the death of Brittany Murphy, and personally I see that as nothing more than just somebody dying. But then you have people like Mariah Carey's sister who says there are certain days of the year where they would take us And at certain times in robes, they would sexually abuse us and rape us and do all kinds of horrible things to us. It's because these days, if we're looking for something, we're going to find it. But often we overlook what's really going on. And for most of us, it's just a happy celebration. For others, maybe they do stupid stuff on these these holy days. For others, though, they hold them to be very important. They are high holy days and really terrible stuff are done on these holy days. We'll talk more about that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. Stay with us right here on The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Subscribe to the archive today to get access to everything, including the montages and my digital books, www.thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few minutes.
yeah, you're a proper pro. And I just want to thank you, Ryan, for having me on. I've heard a few of your shows and you go deep, brother. You go deeper than a deep sea diver in a shipwreck. So uh, been great to be a part of your show. You've got a tremendous amount of knowledge yourself. You've clearly put in the hours of research and I commend you for that. So I'm very happy to have been a part of your show today. Thanks again for the invitation. This is Mark Devlin, author of Musical Truth, Volumes 1 and 2 musicaltruthbook.com online and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable You are listening to The Secret Teachings To contact the show to share information and your opinion or give recommendations email rdgable at yahoo.com Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info here at the secret teachings we're pushing 11 years on air from powerful interviews to truly unique analysis we're here for you five nights a week and now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs your subscription also includes access on the site to my books Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive, and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. So, you love talk radio. Then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener, and we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. 
So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. You tune into this show at your own risk because it leads to a state of mind, not a perception it will be, but one that is. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. The analysis offered on this show is objective, removed from the emotional hysteria of the hive mind collective mob of coercive persuasion, the polar divisions in politics and religion, and those that exist in the paranormal, occult, and even in health. By simple observation and common sense, one may decipher the news speak doublespeak, and propaganda of ideological collectives intent on persuading the individual to abandon liberty through coercion and fear. On this show, we will speak to your heart and soul, opening a channel to spirit. And when you tune into this frequency, you are hearing The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, with a full archive at thesecretteachings.info. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio Show on The Fringe FM. The Fringe.fm is the network website, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact us, the email is rdgable at yahoo.com. Every night I tell myself we need to read some more listener emails so I read a few of those tonight but we get so many of them and I appreciate it more than I can express in words uh, that we have so many listeners that email us I'm not going to say oh you're a bunch of great listeners I'm not going to kiss ass like that but I, I appreciate sincerely every single listener and I appreciate every single email we get I'm working on getting a couple of people on the show we just have to have uh, time to record because I'm not doing call-ins anymore. But if you'd like to be on the show as a guest for a small segment, we'll, we're going to do that for listeners. Email me at rdgable at yahoo.com, or you can email us there anyway, and you can ask us questions or send us information, something you want us to talk about on the show. We've had a couple of listeners do that, and we, we usually build all that up and then do a, a part one, maybe a part two of a listener request show. We did that with uh, our co-host Mike D a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to build up and do another one of those soon as well. Uh, Bradley Roberts, who is a longtime listener of the show and who is a big fan of the show, is always commenting on Facebook and sending me emails on occasion. Bradley Roberts asked me a question, and he didn't ask it definitively uh, with an implication. He just simply asked uh, about the actress Brittany Murphy and said Brittany Murphy died during the winter solstice on December 20th of 2009. And uh, he said that it's, uh, it doesn't know if it's significant, but that's, he said that's what I found. Well, uh, this is a really great question. Um, and yeah, you deserve credit, Bradley, for asking the question, but it's not, I don't think it's so much a really great question because, you know, you asked it. I think it's a great question because it 
energetically with what I was thinking about uh, today. It energetically uh, linked with my thoughts. Uh, what I mean by that is I was thinking of Luke Nassad. All day I'm thinking of Luke Nassad. I'm thinking, okay, I mentioned that on the show on Monday night and how Luke Nassad takes place on August 1st, r- roughly the, the end of July, August 1st, August 2nd. And it's the midpoint between Letha, the summer solstice, and Mabon, the fall equinox. It is typically held as a holiday, holy day, in which there would be bread and there would be you know lights and fire and dancing and things like, like this. And it celebrated both the maintenance of the solar torch, which has now in August in the northern hemisphere begun to extinguish. And the torch, as it extinguishes, the symbol of the sun, although is a white horse, the white horse takes us to the red horse in the apocalypse. But now that the sun starts to lose power, the sun anthropomorphically becomes an older man, becomes the later years of adulthood. And the sun, as a a symbol, the red horse turns into a black horse because then Mabon is fall. So we fall, we fall, fall backwards in terms of how we uh, set our clocks in most places with daylight savings. And it's the fall of man, the fall of man. And then we have Halloween with a veil is thin. And then we have Yule, which brings in the pale horse and behold a pale horse and the rider who sat on the pale horse was death, and then everything gets cold and you know, it snows and not everywhere, but that's where these ideas came from. And everything that we celebrate today, everything we see today, all of our the days of the week, the, the months of the year, all of it is named, all of it is named after gods and goddesses, after planets which are uh, ascribed uh, god or goddess attributes, uh, I'll give you an example. I'm sure a lot of you know this, but I'll give you an example. Saturday is Saturn Day. Sunday is the Day of the Sun. Monday is Moon Day, the Day of the Moon. Uh, I, I guess I could just name them off. Tyr is uh, the God of War. Tyr Tuesday. Wednesday is Vodan. Thursday is Thor. Friday is Frigga. And then the months of the year are named after uh, everything from the god of time, Janus in Rome, who sees the last year and the new year, who sees behind and ahead, who sees in two directions, kind of like the Masonic eagle of the Scottish rite, the, also the symbol of uh, Russia, the double-headed eagle, symbol of royalty and prestige. Uh, and then you have the other months of the year which are named after everything from uh, the original wording for uh, like October, October, oct, octo, octopus, the eighth month of the year, but we celebrate it as the tenth month of the year, but October is really the eighth month of the year on that old, on that old Roman calendar. And then you have, uh, you know, December, Deca, 10. December's the tenth month of the year, but it's really the twelfth month on the new calendar. So everything is named and everything gets its origins. The origins are derived from mythological characters, from historical characters like January is Janus as, as a god. But then you have, uh, you know, you have uh, 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 August, which is this month, Luke Nassad. It's, you know, after named after Augustus. Augustus, August. This is where it comes from. And there are different uh, origins for in different names for different holidays or holy days all over the world. But 
as a, as a race of people that is not a social construct, as a human race, we typically celebrate these things the same. And so on Monday, I talked a lot about the story of Mariah Carey and her sister, Allison, and how Allison uh, filed a... Uh, filed a lawsuit against their mother claiming that the mother took them to satanic parties and uh, they were, at least she was, she was raped and she was abused sexually, some horrible ways that I'm sure that we can't really imagine and don't really want to imagine or think about. And she says that these meetings, these rituals were held between 2 and 4 a.m., and that they included people that were dressed in robes with black hoods, and that these ceremonies were held during certain times of the year. Now, those certain times of the year, I said on Monday, I said I, I would bet, I would bet money, lots of money, because I know the, the playbook and I know the language. It's really just a language, more so than a playbook. I know the language. A lot of you know the language. I'd bet that, you know, Halloween and the winter solstice and Ostara, the spring equinox, these are some of the days they were probably taken to these rituals and they were abused, that people were probably killed. It's the same story over and over, just like with Jimmy Saville. I talked about all this on Monday in, in detail. It's, uh, it's in the archive. It's a show called Cult Classic Fides, 1 minute to 3 a.m., that's the witching hour when they would perform the sacrifices. Now, this isn't 5,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago. This is like recently within the last 50 years. And these are things that are also uh, going on today in the 21st century, things that are going on probably last week and will be going on throughout the wheel of the year and other significant dates on the calendar. So every religion, every group of people that have a belief, they're, they're going to have different days that are going to be significant to their belief, Right. Traditionally, though, there are certain days that are and have always been derived from the natural cycles and patterns and structure of how we view nature. And we break nature up into cycles and, and, and into segments, and we have you know a cross that creates the four quadrants, and then the quadrants are divided again. And so you get this eight-spoked wheel with these different parts of the year where you have solstices and equinoxes, and then you have midpoints between the solstices and the equinoxes, right? And so when you have that, you have times of the year where, where the, the bars of the cross or where the spokes of the wheel, think about it like they are, they are expanding from a central point, which is the sun or the god, if you will. It's the nature of the goddess. And they are focusing on a certain day uh, around a certain time or a certain period of time over a certain number of days, usually three days. It's like a festival. Uh, Halloween's traditionally a three-day festival, not just a, a simple night and, uh, you know, like mischief night. And then the next day is Halloween. It's a three-day festival. And so these points that, that come out of the, of the wheel to create the spokes, they, they focus energy like a laser on a, on a single spot. And people throughout history have used these days in order to become more attuned and more connected with nature. And this is part of what I mean when I say the answer to the perhaps age-old question is, regardless of what the topic might be, what do we do? What do we do about the evil in the world? 
Well, I imagine that there are those who are asking a similar question, but contrary to that, they are asking, what can we do about the good in the world? And I'm sure a lot of people who are bad probably think they're good, but a lot of people that are bad know that they're bad. Uh, they take pride in being evil, so they're asking, what can we do to get rid of the good? How can we hurt the innocent? Well, they do the same thing that people who want to preserve the light do. They perform rituals and ceremonies during certain times of the year, at certain times of the day and or night, like the story of Allison Carey that we talked about on Monday. And they pick these days to carry out these rituals and ceremonies. The rest of us don't conspire and do things in the dark. We just go down to a store and we buy our decorations and then we celebrate with family and food. And a lot of us, most of us don't really know why and most of us don't really care. And that's cool. That's fine. If you don't care and don't want to know why you celebrate certain things, no problem you know, with me. But Bradley Roberts, a listener of ours, asks me about the death of this actress on the winter solstice. And, and maybe if she was in some kind of cult and she happened to die on that day, it's significant. But see, when you think about the multiple levels, this is how I see it, like multiple levels, um, you know, different uh, degrees, different uh, components different elements on the cyclical wheel of nature. Certain people are going to die at certain times in certain places. This does not indicate satanic ceremony, ritual sacrifice. People are also going to die every single day. And the fact that someone dies on Beltane or someone dies on Luknasad doesn't mean that they're dying because of some cult. That is the rule. But as some say, there's an exception to that rule. The majority of cases, the mass majority of cases, virtually every single person who dies is not going to die because they're being ritually sacrificed. However, there are people that are going to be killed. There are people that are going to be murdered. And there are people that you're probably never going to hear of. Babies, children that have been kidnapped, trafficked, that are being abused, and that are being murdered, tortured on certain days of the year because those that are doing the torture and the murder believe that this gives them power. And they believe that this allows them to connect with dark forces, things that will promise them power and uh, require nothing but their soul and their obedience in return. They're conspiring to carry out acts of debauchery and depravity and horror. Others, again, just go get their Christmas lights and they celebrate with stockings and Christmas trees and they celebrate with a picnic in the park you know, for certain things like, you know, they go down and have maybe a, you know, a, a spring uh, Easter egg hunt or they have like their, you know, picnics in the summer, depending on where you live and things like this. So you have people that maybe would think that a satanic sacrifice is just something that you'd see in a movie or that, uh, you know, it's just a cult and it's very negative to talk about paganism or earth-based religion. Yet they, they still celebrate these holidays and they don't necessarily know why. 
So I guess my, my point for the layman is just because somebody dies on a certain date doesn't mean that they were murdered because they're famous. Someone like Acharya S., who uh, who goes went by the name D.M. Murdoch, she wrote a number of books, including The Christ Conspiracy. It's a really great book. Got to interview her six, five, six years ago. She died not too long after the interview. She was very sick. Uh, wasn't a very old lady, but she was uh, middle-aged. And she, I think she died from cancer treatment. And she died having written all these books about Jesus and you know, the, the biblical stories and how it's just not what we think. She died on December 25th, 2015. So she died on Christmas of 2015. Though that was one of the major things in her work that she that she showed was uh, merely astrological in nature. And so astrological, the stars, the turning of the, the wheel in the heavens, the turning of the wheel on earth, all these different wheels, these gears, these components work together. And if you can access the energy that flows through these mechanisms, you can access it to obtain direction, what some people call praying to God and asking for God's help, for strength. You can use it to obtain the assistance of dark forces, and uh, whether good or evil, you are performing uh, different kinds of, of, of ceremony and ritual, but you're doing it on the same day. And the reason you're doing it on the same day is because it has power because of the natural cycle. That's why in magic, you have uh, sympathetic attraction. You don't grab a you know a, a, a tortoise shell for you know agility. You, you don't grab you grab a lion's tooth, or you grab um, you know a, for for strength or for fire. You, you grab a, you know you have a, a an eagle feather for prestige and for air. That's sympathetic magic, and you don't go and perform uh, certain rituals on days of the year that don't correlate to them because it doesn't make sense to do that. So by looking at the world, as I explained earlier from this other perspective, and I, I read this, uh, this quote out of a book by Dr. Ron Paul, and it has to do with bipartisan politics. And what does that have to do with, uh, with occultism? Well, all, all Ron Paul said, and it's just, a, it's just common sense, he said we, we don't need you know, policies that are, are, are agreeable by both parties, but they're both bad policies. What we need is the correct economic and political idea. We need correct ec- uh, economic and political ideas regardless of the party that pushes them. And I had just been flipping through this book randomly. It's called Liberty Defined, 50 Essential Issues That Affect Our Freedom. And it's just, you know, it's about 50 different issues that affect freedom, and bipartisanship is one of them. And he says you just got to look at it differently. And that's what we have to do with everything. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you have uh, the Internet that allows, it's fortunate, but it's also unfortunate, that allows unlimited proliferation of information that doesn't really need to be looked at or examined or checked. And so, you know, like Bradley Roberts sent us, he's like, it was the death of Brittany Murphy back whenever she died, uh, but it was on December 20th. Was that suspicious? People can investigate that. Maybe it was suspicious. I don't know. But someone dies who's famous on a certain day doesn't mean anything at all. It just means they died on that day. But that doesn't mean that there aren't sacrifices of powerful people or 
their families or their children or whatever it might be in order to for someone else to obtain fame or fortune or some level of power, like uh, Mariah Carey, her sister Allison Carey, or Billie Eilish's best friend, or Kanye West's mom, or the list goes on and on and on. And so they would use the same holiday, holy days on the wheel of the year as you'd use for any other ritual or ceremony. And I, I guess my, my, my bottom line point in all of this is looking at the world through a different lens so that we're able to see things in an objective manner. An objective manner means that we don't rely on emotional reaction to determine, to judge, let alone determine our action. We, we don't just react. We think about it first. And when you think about things, you can usually use your head, you can use your brain, you can use your instinct, you can use your intuition. So it's not getting rid of emotion, it's not getting rid of instinct, it's just balancing it with the power of perception and the power of context and the power of critical thinking. And becoming more connected with nature as opposed to the physical material temporal world doesn't mean that we go outside and hug a tree. It means that we understand the the foundation and the patterns of nature. We study the esoteric and we study the occult, which is basically an understanding of, of the foundation of nature, of the structure of nature. And then it allows us to proceed forward with knowledge, with information that will grant us the keys to unlocking understanding throughout the turning of one year, ten years, and throughout our lifetime. And that is one of the primary reasons I get so excited when we come up on and we pass a holy day, one of the eight holy days on the will of the year, Luke Nasad, a coming together of Lug, the Celtic goddess of the sun or light, who's also a trickster, and Taltayu, the Celtic earth goddess, kind of like Geb and Nut, which held up the earth and the sky in Egypt. And this festival, it's a Celtic festival, Luknasad, or Lamas, and it was a festival of feasting and songs and games, and often there would be the sacrifice of a bull. But this was to celebrate... the preservation of light. And so the celebration of light, of the Celtic god of light, Lug, was his wedding and his funeral. These dual components, which are seen in the light, the sky, and the goddess Taltayu in the earth, the ground. The unifying of heaven and earth, the unifying of male and female, the unifying of light, which is fluid, and earth, which is solid, and the coming together in assembly, the Nasad, Nasad, of both of these polar elements, which are necessary individually and necessary 
in individual components to create a unified whole. And when you create the unified whole, you get understanding. And that is why all the ancient texts and scriptures talked about marriage and uniting and wedding. That's why we call Wednesday Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. We wed the other three and the other three days together, the other six days together. They are wedded together. A cosmic wedding, a grand alchemical Rosicrucian wedding. When we, reun- when we unite or reunite those forces, we perform that alchemical transformation. You can use all this metaphysical, spiritual, occult, esoteric information, and once you understand it, then you can turn your attention to current events, and you can look and say, look, Jeffrey Epstein, that's really just the story of the Minotaur. The death of George Floyd, this black god who was placed in the golden coffin, that's the story of Osiris. And yeah, there are wars that are initiated on certain days of the year and people that are killed on certain days of the year. But sometimes it's just a coincidence. And rather than dismissing everything as coincidence or accepting everything as fact when it's unsubstantiated and it's just guesswork, we have to realize some things are coincidence, some things are not coincidence, and sometimes things are not coincidence and they're not uh, non-coincidental. They're just events and they don't really have any underlying supernatural or conspiratorial purpose. They're just events, the death of somebody or you know, a plane crash or whatever it might be. All of this allows us to objectively view the world so we don't get caught up in the minutia of conspiracy. We don't get caught up in the the opposition to what we call conspiracies, and that's just denying that there's ever a conspiracy or something dark going on. I get tired of that, and that's why I say you, you want a solution to all the problems. I've given it to you tonight. Connect with nature. That might mean hugging a tree for some people. For me, what it means is disconnecting from the physical world in a way, and you can do this all in your all in your head, all in your thought process, disconnecting with the physical world in a way that allows you to take control of your thoughts Take control of your understanding. And that's why all the ancient holiday, holy days were celebrated, to take control of the cycles of nature, to make them work for you, to become one with them. Others attempted and continue to attempt to pervert them and use them for selfish purposes to harm others. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We're trying to help others change our perception and take control of our lives. This isn't a self-help course. It isn't some hippie telling you to go hug a tree. I think it is the essence of the secret teachings, and I wanted to share my thoughts with it uh, with you on this subject tonight as we just passed Luke Nassad on the occult calendar, the wheel of the year. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings we'll have more of the secret teachings tomorrow and friday remember i'm going out of town next week but tomorrow and friday we should have a couple of co-hosts i think jack will join us tomorrow and mike d will join us friday for a big emergency broadcast as mike d calls it we'll see what he wants to talk about right here on the secret teachings on the fringe fm the fringe.fm is the network website stay tuned to the fringe and stay tuned to the secret teachings five nights a week Stay safe, stay informed. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast.